seven, I'm coding all night. Project won't compile, it'll be alright. Computer science for life, and that's my direction. Instead of beatballs, my home is throw exceptions. Welcome to Dangerous Minds, where we delve into the minds of biohackers, grinders, and take a closer look at the tech being implanted and developed by this community. Joining us on the program today is Damien, a British grinder, also partner with DangerousThings.com, Cooper, a Texan sysadmin that's new to the biohacking scene, and Cursor, a British graduate student specializing in RF technology. Up first, we'd like to thank our sponsor, DangerousThings.com. They deliver custom gadgetry for the disconcerning hacker and biohacker. Check them out at DangerousThings.com uh, for their products. If you or your organization is interested in sponsoring the efforts of the Dangerous Minds podcast, please feel free to reach out to us via Twitter at hashtag Dangerous Minds Podcast or at Dangerous Minds Podcast, and we'll be glad to talk to you about this. So, obviously this week we've got the, uh, the news. So this is the program in the news where we bring you the latest news stories uh, regarding the biohacking scene and um, have a general conversation about the concerns and the other aspects of those news articles. Now, uh, something to remember is that all these stories are available to read in detail on our Facebook page and Twitter feed. Uh, links to both are available on our website, dangerousminds.io. And if you have a story that should be mentioned, please just post it on our Facebook wall and we'll do our best to share it um, and also bring it up on the next news briefing podcast. Uh, Dangerous Minds will bring you interviews focused on the people and the tech, but also news relevant to our common interests. So please stay tuned as we explore the involving subject. And if there's anyone you'd like us to interview as well, uh, please email us at info at dangerousminds.io. That's info at dangerousminds.io uh, to pass along the focus of the people you'd like to feature in our episode. So this week, I'm going to start off with a, with an article that was found last week. Um, and it's over at techcrunch.com uh, with the title, Ethics of Transhumanism, The Rise of Khan or Not. Uh, the title of it obviously is The Ethics of Trans Transhumanism. It's written by Christopher uh, over there, who is the um, <laughs> Crunch Network contributor um, and the Vice President of Strategy, Innovation and Analysis at, at Sparebank One Group. Um, which is Norway's second largest financial institution. Uh, he starts off sort of explaining the different sort of cases of, of, of what, what it is to be a transhumanist. Uh, it's, it's quite a generalized piece um, if you read through it. So he starts off by saying transhumanists believe that uh, humankind can evolve to be beyond its current physical and mental limitations, which, which I, I generally agree with. Uh, I guess we'd all have different, different descriptions of what transhumanism is. Um, but then he adds at the end, uh, and eventually immortal, which again, uh, this is the bit where I start to disagree on. I don't know about you guys. Um, my, my goal is never to become immortal, <laughs> uh, but I would agree with the start of that. I don't know what, what, what you think the definition for you guys is, is about transhumanism. Well, I'm, I find, find it kind of a movement that, you know, kind of like grinding and biohacking, but more of a parallel really. And, uh, I don't, I'm surprised he doesn't really go into it in this article uh, that much. I know it's you know just a generalist just trying to paint you know brush over things, but you know, it seemed like a valid point that he should have made. And and it's kind of fun though that he he uh, quotes 
the you know the person we're planning on interviewing uh, following up soon with DangerousThings.com uh, AML and mentions uh, how to order a DIY kit for RFID NFC chips to be able to implant in your body um, or or just your hand, uh, along with some other YouTube videos, what have you. It just seems like he, he misses out on some of it. Um, I don't know. What do you what do you think, Damien? How, how does this strike you? Uh, so this article was interesting. Um, I like the way that he's even though it's, uh, he's made it quite bold on the page as well. It's it's in a higher font, so he speaks about creating a new class divide. So where the way I'm taking this is, we've got the class divides of we've got the extremely wealthy, we've got the people that work and live. Uh, from paycheck to paycheck, their savings, and then you've got the unfortunate people that either don't have a job or um, some illness that stops them. But I don't think that this will make a new class. That was, I found that the most interesting in this article, other than the immortality, which I don't think I would go for because there would be a cost because your skin would still age. Well, I mean, in, in the article, I think the, the way you refer to that is it gives quite an extreme um, idea of, of creating things like, uh, you know, um, robot hearts, if you like. Uh, obviously, that, that kind of biohacking and, and transhumanism is going to come at a massive price, as, as you'd expect. Uh, it's not something that you see coming on, on healthcare, probably, uh, especially at this level. And he sort of uses this sort of idea and backed up by by some of the works that um, uh, some of the uh, billionaires, uh, like Larry Page over at Google, uh, Zuckerberg as well, has, has talked about, um, you know, ways that we can uh, at least extend life. So I guess he uses that as, as an example. And he sort of says that, you know, um, the robotic heart, for instance, costs around $200,000. And it sort of gives this idea as if you want to try anything, it, you, you know, this, this is the top $2,000. And it's, I think the people that are passionate about this are not, are not looking at it as a price point, but what, what can we do? So it, it means it can start at such a, such a low level of, you know, just, just a simple, simple thing. And then, you know, it, you can make it what, what you need to be. You don't need to get a, a, a heart. So I guess he, he goes to a massive extreme um, with that indefinitely. Speaking of massive extremes, uh, we got an article here from cbsnews.com talking about a Russian man volunteers to be the first human head transplant patient. Uh, says here, you know, while severing someone's head and attaching to another person's body sounds like something straight out of science fiction or a horror movie. Some real life scientists say that they are planning to do just that as early as next year. And it, it goes on further, talking about an Italian neuroscientist, Dr. Sergio uh, Canaverio. Sorry if you're listening. I totally butchered your name, I'm sure. Um, when he announced his plans to perform that, that transplant in 2017, uh, he's also recruited a Chinese surgeon. And I'll just say Dr. Ren because uh, it, it's been too long since uh, Mandarin for me. It might be Dr. Zhao Ping uh, Ren to work with him, and he's now found found a volunteer patient, uh, Russian man Valery Spernadov, 
And just looking through the article, talking about it, um, you know, that volunteer patient's current um, life situation, you, I guess you could put it, uh, stuck in a wheelchair, using a joystick. You know, if this is successful, though kind of creepy when you really think about it, is would just change his life completely. You know, if it all is successful, what have you, and he's totally fully functional at that point after the transplant, wow. You know, can you just imagine that? I don't, what do you, what do you think, Cursor? If, if you had that kind of change happening in your life, would you say, yes, please, thank you? Well, I mean, look, looking at the article myself, like, yes, it, it would be massive to, to achieve that. And, and the, the doctor that's doing it believes it's going to be a, a 90% chance of success. But just look at, look at the way they're going to have to do it. So they're going to get permission, obviously, which is, is needed. And then a surgical team are going to call his body to 50 degrees Fahrenheit, which delays the tissue death uh, in the brain for about an hour. And while that's happening, there's several other things going on as well. So, like, they're going to use diamond blades to be able to move it around. Um, they're going to have to make a custom-made crane to shift the head. Um, and then, again, then the, the blood supply from the donor would have to join to the head. So, there's, there's, a, there's so many different tiers of, of what to go through. And to be honest, um, I've, got, I've got nothing but praise to, to, to the doctors that, that are going to go through this, this procedure because it seems like a massive um, ordeal. But... I mean, if, if we could get something like, if they do reckon there's a 90% chance of success, just imagine the changes they can make in the future. What do you think, uh, Damien? Uh, so, I read about this article uh, a while back. I got a link to one of, uh, one of the news stories on this. And going back to what I was thinking then, See, the, the guy has a degenerative muscle uh, disease and it's, I can't see that being a nice way of life and, and how I would want to live. Now, we take advantage of having full use of our bodies. Now, imagine you were, you were this guy and you just really, had, you've got nothing that you can do. You're just, you're stuck in the chair. So the, the chance for him to be able to get up and interact with the world, hug his family um, with his own arms, I know they, it, like he can use his arms, but it's not the same. Um, I think it will open up massive doors for him. And we have actually done head transplants before. I believe in the 1970s, it wasn't done on humans. Uh, it was done on monkeys back then, but that was successful. Now, it is completely different um, transplanting a human head to a monkey head, but we have got the concept of it down, and medical technology has increased massively in, I mean, in the past 30-odd years. My, my question to that was, what doctor sat back and said, do you know what we really need to do? <laughs> and then they decided to do that. <laughs> like, what, 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 makes you, what makes you think that, like, you know, our... Uh, Today, guys, I have this massive idea. Let's try and do that. And also, surely there's some sort of ethics that need to be considered in that as well, right? See, with the um, what makes you think of it idea, uh, that goes more, I, I think it's down to either the person's ego, for example, it could be a cause. For example, if you say to me, 
you cannot do this. I will, I will try and do everything I can to be able to do that just to show that it is possible and it can be done. Or maybe that there's a case, there's a personal reason for this. Um, whatever that may be, there could be personal motivation behind it. Uh, to take a different stance on it, you almost, uh, almost expect to hear like a really huge outcry from religious sect on that saying, what, you know, what, where are they getting the body from? You know, how is it being donated? Um, what, what is the, you know, you almost wonder what kind of uh, statement the, somebody like a Pope or one of the, you know, one of the major religious leaders would say something like, you know, about the soul of the body of, that's being used from the head being moved over or something like that. As, as a guy that's worked and studied in that area, it just makes me say, um, my own opinion on that would be, I don't know. I'm not God. I can't, I can't talk for him. I can't answer for him, but holy cow, talk about a, a, a new type of debate that even goes further than anything that you might see from the mark of the beast sect of people. And it kind of makes me afraid of what they might say. And I, I'm, Pretty thankful I haven't seen any write-ups on that yet. Maybe they are being quiet. Who knows? Um, it might be the Westboro Baptist Church is a little busy this week. Uh, all I got to say is, thank goodness I don't. I haven't heard anything about it yet. But just as just the science behind it, it's very interesting. It definitely lets you really, so, you know, much like you know you've seen other advances from science fiction happen and become reality that that takes it to a whole new level. That's all I got to say on that. Um, what, what do you say about uh, some, some visa you know, wearables on that you know, cursor? Yeah. So uh, about that. Uh, yeah. So this, 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 this newest thing that's come out. Um, so, but so basically visa, were powering these um, NFC rings uh, for the Olympics, uh, the, the recent Olympics. It was sort of like a beta, beta, beta sort of test that they were doing, but it's it's, it's an overall payment system um, that they were doing. And um, what what they're now going to try and do is they're going to try and make them available to the wide public. So if, if you don't know what these are, they're basically a ring that has some sort of contactless payment system uh, embedded in it. So instead of usually using a contactless card at a payment terminal, it's actually embedded in a ring. Uh, we've seen similar tech done before with the uh, NFC ring um, and things like that again. But, uh, this, this has the payment and obviously is backed by a visa, which is probably one of the biggest uh, things to overcome if you, if you were to set up and try and do this yourself. So you don't have to jump over that hurdle. Um, at the moment, I guess we're using wearables, so this might be their sort of, it's kind of like their break into the wearables, if you like. Um, my question sort of would be, I've, got, I've probably got about two questions on this. Well, one would be, is it, is it creating something that's already done? Because, you know, you've got the Apple Watch, like it even says in the article here, you've got, you've got the Apple Watch, you've got your phone once it's set up, then the, then the, the ring works. But is that just an additional thing you don't need? You know, you've got smart tech watches coming out at a rate of like knots at the moment. And a lot of them are NFC payment compatible. You know, 
is is it creating a border? And the other thing that that would worry me slightly is is um, the vulnerabilities. Now, obviously, I'm going to bang on about the vulnerabilities all day, especially RFID, because uh, I have to. Um, but you know, like, is is it the same technology they're going to use in the contactless cards? And uh, if it's not, then have they considered the issues with the current contactless cards, which which there are obviously some vulnerabilities? You know, how, how how's that going to work? Well. I'll, I'll definitely say on this, uh, it's almost like, uh, to me, uh, like a magnetic ring type of thing where it's it may not be necessary if you have an implant or if you're using something else to augment for that specific reason, but it might be training wheels for someone that's not fully uh, comfortable with getting like a Yuki that's about to come out in beta. I'm hoping we get to hear more about it from... Uh, uh, I'm, I'm all from dangerousthings.com um, when, when we talk to them. But it's, you know, it's a way that people can get a part of that type of ecosystem without going under the knife, without getting something permanent inside. That way, if they change, you know, credit cards or what have you, it's not a question of will the software work? Will, are there updates to it? Is it truly secure if it's cracked? you know, by some uh, criminal cracker out there, you know, since we all know a, a criminal is not technically a hacker, he's a cracker, uh, uh, so that you can then take the ring off and crush it, destroy it, whatever, and that issue is gone, just like cutting up a credit card. You know, that that's good for the muggles, you might say. Uh, what do you think, Damien? What do you, what do you think about that? See, I'm not a fan of the ring. Just uh, my main points on this are Barclays done some uh, announced something similar. They were making contactless gloves, um, so contactless gloves, contactless rings, but they're really commonly lost. I mean, how many times have you uh, you've got up about like, three in the afternoon? And you've gone, oh crap, where did I leave my gloves? And you'll never find them again. And it's been a few hours since you last wore them. So that is uh, definitely a flaw that I can see happening with this. But you've also got the same thing with your credit card. But you consciously act for your wallet. Getting used to your gloves being the payment option, it will take time. So I can see lots of pairs being lost and lots of unauthorized transactions happening. I mean, um, I think I think that's a great point. Especially like I know, obviously, you can still lose a wallet, but it's it's sort of like a you know, you leave the house, you check your pockets, the wallet's there, you know, it's there. Um, in terms of a watch uh, or uh, even sorry, a ring in general, um, you know, there's 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 several issues because you you could lose you could lose it. There's you know, I I've, I'm a strong believer in two factor or for or. For, authentication and, and at the moment it's it's just it's, it's not it doesn't work in that sort of sense um i mean if if you look at the history of the vulnerabilities of of, of rfid in general um one way that they found out uh, a cryptographic algorithm was even to take apart the card use a tiny microscope and they could actually write out the logic gates i know that gets a bit technical um but, but by making it a little bit more access accessible you know to to, to things like that you you make it more vulnerable for things like uh, sniffers and you know like um, RF tactic thieves. That that's that sort of thing in general. 
uh, as well as NFC. But um, I mean, the other thing that worries me slightly is it's quite a short article. You, you can read it on uh, Engadget. Uh, the title of the article is Visa Powered Payment Ring is now available to everyone. It has an update on it as well, which they've specified after saying it, it's, it's actually a um, it's actually a, uh, a a separate one to what the athletes use. So they're, they're trying to push it forward, but that, that makes me think, why is it separate? You know, what did the other one not have? Um, the article is very, very short and sort of ends by you, you've got to wait longer to see that. So it's a bit, it's a bit uh, way free, if you like, at the moment, not, not exactly quite, quite like secure. So we'll have to see what happens to that. Um, I just wanted to jump back quickly, sorry, to the uh, two-factor authentication part on what you were saying there. So with the contactless, it's just going to be scan and go, as typical contactless is to everyone now. I think if they're going to be making losable devices, um, commonly lost devices even, they should implement until people get used to it, you can remove it but at your own risk kind of thing. Um, every time you scan it, you've got to enter a PIN number. So it'll be just your card number. It will still be very convenient because, I mean, you're not going to be in the shopping line fumbling about for your wallet to get your card out. You can simply tap the reader with your finger or whatever you're using, whether it be the gloves, however you've got them. But to stop your account losing £90 at most, being you can have free transactions at a maximum of £30 each, it should be done with PIN numbers just for the foreseeable future. All right. Well, you did mention vulnerabilities in like NFC technology. Um, one thing I found uh, while just exploring my implants was that you can actually sniff uh, NFC cards, smart cards, RFIDs through uh, a nice open source hardware um, device that was put out by Bishop Fox. Now, it's fun. You know, this is definitely something they could have, you know, harped on and just sold as a platform, but instead they opened it up, threw it on GitHub, and, you know, totally released it out to the wild saying, take this, use this, enjoy. And I found very much so, even though it's kind of a limited tool in, it, in its first iteration, and you know, I can't wait till the update for the software that they haven't quite put out yet, but it actually has a decent enough range. And it was you know, totally featured in Mr. Robot season one, I think it was episode five, when they're in the Starbucks like coffee shop, and the funny thing is he walked up and he like rubbed his uh, messenger bag that had that sniffer in it on the guy's um, smart card ID that he had hanging around his neck. Well, the thing is that size of an antenna that he had there, uh, which is an HID, I don't remember the exact model number, but I have one sitting on my desk. Um, totally built it and found that it has a great range. All he had to do was just walk right by and but he would have to look at you know, look at the logs or look at a screen that if he added it to it then he could see if he got the capture and that's on the version one now version two there's a nice little addition in place of this screen that uh, goes to a bluetooth bluetooth adapter which will then send that capture to your phone so then you, it'll pop up and show you that uh that you then what if you've got a good read from whatever smart card what have you you're trying to 
uh, read with the sniffer. And, you know, it just shows, you know, with the ring too, I don't know what the range is yet because I haven't got old one, but if it's anything like, um, you know, a keychain tag, the it's you you got to rub up against it. But if it's like, um, if it's if it's like the smart cards, you know, you got you, you can walk by, you know, a few feet away from it, you know, three to five feet, you're good. Implants, you got to dry hump the person to get a read off of it. <laughs> And, um, you know, I don't know about you and me. I think I would notice if a guy uh, is trying to try out me with his bag, it'd be like, well, you know, I think you owe me a dinner and a movie, you know, before you do that, kind of thing. <laughs> especially to my hand. Come on, man. I, I don't swing that way. You know, that's not, so not cool. But, you know, on the tube, as you would put it, or bus or metro, uh, you could easily rub up against and not be dry humping, but just being in a crowded area, get a good read that way. But um, what what would you have to add, Cursor? It looks like you've, you, you're jumping out of your pants there. Yeah, I mean, this obviously this is a topic that, that you know interests me, you know, to, to the end of the earth. But uh, it's, it, just what you're saying reminds me of, of, of two stories I've seen before, and, and one of them was um, the fact that. I think it was a supermarket in 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 London uh, released contactless payment when it first came out, and what they were finding was it was so sensitive that people walking past the counter were getting charged <laughs> because it was just picking up on on a massive range, um, which obviously got some fine tuning. But that that stuff from Bishop Fox is great. I think uh, there's a uh, I don't know if it's a Defcon Defcon talk um, that he does, which is great if you guys tune into that. Uh, speaking about Defcon as well, they I think they did a competition. Um, that they spoke about where they were trying to get the furthest RFID read that they could. Uh, I think they discussed that in, in, in one of the shows there. I mean, uh, like, like you say, in terms of sniffing UIDs and things, you know, great shout out to, uh, to um, Mr. Robot there, which is, you know, arguably the, the best currently accurate um, thing. There's no more of the, oh, I've just hacked into the mainframe kind of uh, buzzwords that you, that you get from the... Uh, the common one. I mean, I, th I think I saw a, a film recently where they said, um, I'll send you over the shell, which was my personal favorite. Uh -huh. um, but yeah. Uh, like just the, attach it to my Gmail. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. <laughs> I think like the, the biggest issue we have is, is those people that, you know, carry, carry those, those contactless payment cards with them and, and they take small charges from everyone. And, you know, are you, are you really going to, going to see a small amount of charge maybe to a taxi company? You know, it's, it's kind of, it, it makes it more accessible for that kind of, of, of person that's, that wants malicious intent, um, especially things like blocking and, and you know, uh, just, just taking something from, 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 the, hat, from uh, the hand for a read range like that is, is, is probably quite easy to do. But it seems to be, to be seen. I'm sure we'll, we'll have to wait to see what kind of technology they come up with. Uh, it also makes me hope that you know, I won't be walking through a supermarket or, you know, hitching a ride on a taxi and not have to pay for it and then suddenly show up a charge because <laughs> a Yuki yeah. in my hand. It's like, oh, come on, man. I was just trying to get out of the car and you charge me. Anyway. Uh, it's not safe to go shopping anymore, guys. All right, that's it. Yeah, do yeah. all your deliveries online. Don't leave the house. No more taxis or Ubers or anything like that. Just stay at home. <laughs> safer that way. Uh, well, speaking of being safer at home, uh, futurism.com's got a great article here about uh, upcoming smart weapon will only fire if you have the right fingerprint. Yeah, they're going to use uh, 
fingerprint sensors on built into the gun in order to validate the user or you know person attempting to fire the weapon and this is all being developed by a 19 year old MIT undergrad yes undergrad he's not even got his bachelor's yet he's developed a smart gun to help address more than uh, you know, 20, 21,000 firearm suicides that take place every year, as well as thousands of deaths from just gun violence. Just think about if every gun had a uh, had a reader, either by biometrics or, you know, to give a nice uh, plug to dangerous things, they're, they're coming, they're, the project they're working on, which is a, a smart gun that reads off of an implant. That way, at least, you know, it's a little bit more secure, talking about vulnerabilities, but you know, I know you've got something to say about it, Cursor. You love to talk about <laughs> abilities, what have you. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> what do you think? You think this is going to be any more safe than iPhone 5S? Oh. It's, it's, it's so tough. It's so tough because, you know, I'm a graduate myself, so I'm never going to take away any credit from anyone that's done any work like that. I mean, a massive, massive shout-out to that guy. Um, the thing that worries me is... Uh, Right, okay, security, I guess, is good because it gives you a certain amount of security. What I don't want is people to then go, oh, well, I can leave my gun lying around because it's got biometrics on it, you know? And it, you see it the same with, like, security online. A lot of people do the whole thing where they're like, oh, I've got a password. The password might be password123, password uh, which is even worse. I think Kevin Mitnick, if you if you guys know him, he was, he was like was the most notorious hacker at some point, if you like. Um, he does a great book where he talks about, you know, uh, having an insecure password is worse than not having a password because if you don't have a password, at least you know you, you're not secure. Uh, it's kind of that, that sense of, I'm not saying it's, it's insecure, it's just... I don't like people to, to just assume that security is security and, it, you know, it's, it's unbreakable. I mean, uh, talking about the actual technology behind it, you know, it's great because everyone has a, a, a thumb, <laughs> well, you know, a fingerprint at their, at their disposal <laughs> that they can use for the gun. But um, we've seen it again in things like uh, the iPhone. I mean, I think it got released and I think within, within a matter of hours, someone had found a way around it. So uh, I guess the moral of the story is uh, don't buy the Apple Y gun. Uh, and you'll be fine. What do you think about that, Damien? Are, are you itching to get a hold of it and then Xerox a thumbprint and see if you can uh, break the biometric scan like uh, the computer group out of Germany that did it with the iPhone? Yeah, I, w I would actually try that. Um, there's also the story of the police breaking into uh, the criminal's phone by 3D printing his thumb. Um, I haven't heard if they managed to do that or not. I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought that was on CSI Cyber or something. <laughs> oh, I've, or, I just heard someone talking about it. I haven't, um, haven't kind of dug into that one. It's the, the idea moment. that there's a PlayStation somewhere and uh, they're going through the Tinder profile of uh, oh, good. <laughs> the people convicted for petty crimes. Oh. <laughs> uh. It, and it also makes you think, you know, not just you know, CSI Cyber, but like, uh, you know, the, the whole uh, gummy frog attack that Hardison did and leverage uh, on a biometric safe, uh, you know, fingerprint scanner. Uh, does it make you want to use a gummy bear then uh, and attack uh, the biometric gun? I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I really think that 
The right way to go is do something that's not easily destroyed by sunlight, UV, what have you, you know, like any kind of fingerprint scanner. I would use something that's in my body and not going from me very easily. And, you know, we all know, you know, who, who's working on that. You just mentioned yeah. a little bit earlier, and I think Cursor's got more to say about that as well. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we all know uh, Emil from Dangerous Things. Uh, I think we've, we've got a podcast coming up with him, so definitely ask him about the, uh, the smart gun idea. Um, if you want to read his, his story about that, it's on uh, Motherboard uh, from Vice. Uh, I think the title is um, Meet the Body Hacker Building an Implant Activated Smart Gun. Uh, in his garage, obviously we know him from starting everything from his garage. I'd love to see the, the garage because it seems to be like a magical place. Um, I guess something in, inside your hand is probably a little bit nicer maybe. Um, I, I, I'm from the UK. We don't really do the whole gun thing. But I imagine if you ever had to use it, God forbid, you, you may not be thinking about <laughs> which finger you programmed and what you know, moving it around and things like that. Uh, you, you probably want it to work, especially if you didn't have that. <laughs> You know, God forbid, you don't have the finger, or <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You know, all, all those, all those types of things to consider. But it's great to see different people think about different things that are actually going to affect affect the world in, in the end. Well, but is it a is it a garage or garage, or is it a carriage house? You know, just to oh, you know, go back to, I don't know if you've seen it, Fanboys. Uh, it's a, a movie involving Star Wars fans making the trek to uh, Skywalker Ranch to get a glimpse of episode one before it's been released. Because <laughs> her body is dying of cancer. But, I don't know, it makes me think that we should remember, I'm hoping we'll actually remember to ask this question. We have Emil uh, from DangerousThings.com uh, on our next podcast saying, so is it a garage or garage? Or is it a garage oh, 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 what? what? What do you call it? Garage. garage. But, you know, you, you said garage. Garage. <laughs> yeah, garage. <laughs> it's got to be a garage. A garage. And a carriage house. Well, it should be a carriage house. Right. <laughs> I don't know. What What do you think, Jamie? You got any last comments on that uh, story, or should we ask you to tell us about uh, some prosthetics? Um, no, I've just got another thought on that, and uh, also... Amos garage. See, I don't think it's a garage at all. Oh, what, it's right. well, yeah, he doesn't think it's a garage. You might as well move over there. Yeah. <laughs> he thinks it's a garage. It's a garage. <laughs> Maybe I've just watched too much American just, uh, TV. Like, no, I see It's uh, more like Narnia. The amount that he can fit in there, it's just amazing. He can be amazing at Tetris, I think. But... <laughs> Back to the smart gun thing. Um, I do think it's a really good idea um, with with the cases that you hear of accidental shootings. I um, uh, read one earlier this year. It was actually uh, quite tragic. There was a father who decided that he, he was going to play the, the big man and be all, all this sort of malarkey that's going around. And he was waving his gun around in the house. Um, he had a few of his kids running around and um, a long story short, uh, his four-year-old, I believe, daughter uh, took a bullet to the back of the head from an accidental discharge. Oh. Um, the, the bad parenting case on this is all comes up as why was the gun loaded? Why was it cocked? Why was it in your hand in the first place? But 
it would stop things like this happening, having to authenticate before you could fire. I mean, it, it must be awful for the family as well. Like, you know, intent's not there. It's just maybe if we could do something that prevents that, as you say, you know, if it saves one life, surely it's worth it. <laughs> yeah, anything is. Um, definitely as a father, I, I would agree with that. But it, then you, if you're thinking about um, even with an implant at that point, where's the placement of the of then the authentic, authentication device then? You know, in order to unlock the gun, is it in the handle when you grasp it? And if you're still waving it around, then like a damn fool, uh, you're you're st you're still in danger of popping off a shot. Yeah. And uh, at that point, you know, truly, you would think that somebody would have a little bit of sense to know some firearm safety, but unfortunately, that you know, common sense isn't isn't so common. Anyway, back to that. Uh, security is not always the end, end all, you know. True. The placement of the antenna would actually depend on the weapon itself. For example, if you're uh, if you're going to be going and shooting assault rifles, you could pop it in the stock because that's going to be on your shoulder. But mm -hmm. then, is that really a viable location for an implant? Or um, like Amal done it, he scanned his tag. Um, on the actual side of the gun before twisting his hand about 90 degrees and mm -hmm. then having the trigger. So it's not always within range. But it's never too far away. So accidental pop-offs wouldn't happen. I mean, if uh, we were responsible as a, as a race, people wouldn't be picking up guns unless you were at a range or, or needed to use it for whatever reason. True enough. And uh, like... You know, you mentioned assault rifle. I would definitely have it placed in a foregrip then so that your offhand is you know, the one that would need to then authorize it and it would then be on the you know, foregrip when you're taken in sight of your target or animal or whatever you're doing at that point. But like a pistol, um, that that's something else entirely. Uh, makes me want to see what kind of designs he comes up with but um, at this point I, I'm really kind of curious about this uh, prosthetic you, you, you article you've got for us so yeah I've been reading uh, the prosthetic article and so what happened was he's, he's lost his arm due to cancer back in 2008 and so they've built the most advanced prosthetic there is to date and he's able to he's doing mundane tasks, for example, like turning the microwave on, setting himself a rustler, cooking himself some spaghetti. Uh, it's bringing life back to him. Uh, he, was, he was working in deliveries, so only having one arm meant he couldn't work. But he's getting the parts of his life back. He's able to... Uh, not, I don't know if he's able to continue where he left off. It doesn't really go that much into detail about his life. But it's definitely... It's progress. So, uh, do you have any any thoughts on that, Cursor? Um, yeah, uh, quite a lot, actually. I mean, I love these stories, right? It's, it's, it's literally what we're setting out to do, whether it's, you know, we, we want to add a sense or even just what we have a lot better. And, you know, it's someone that's, that said, look, I, I can probably do something here. And, you know, they've, they've done something great. I mean, at the moment, I think we're, we're trying to get on a, a, a journalist from the UK who... Um, who actually went, um, he's, he's partially deaf, 
Um, and what he's done to overcome that is he had an art, art project where he's, he's sort of made a, don't want to give too much away for, for the podcaster, but he's, he's, he's managed to, to, to find a way around and to, to better his life, even with that sort of um, disability that he, ha- that he has. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely great to see, to see that. Uh, in terms of the uh, controlling things, um, you know, uh, out, outside of your sort of sphere of, sphere of control, if you like, so your, your physical body. I know there's been a lot of, lot of research in things like, I think it's emotive, um, do a lot of things like with an EPOC and an EEG and things like that. I'd love to see um, that sort of brainwave um, technology coming into the way of controlling things, especially things like prosthetics, like, like this guy here, because can you imagine having some sort of, you know, <coughs> arm that you could fully control uh, using your mind would be absolutely great. Yeah, so much better than like uh, the traditional ones that work off of other muscles that you have. You you trigger those other muscles, whether it you know, be actually on the, the remainder of the limb that you're trying to replace, or, you know, if you don't have anything left, like uh, some individuals and they have sensors on their back and then they have to uh, think about flexing different parts of their back in order to get the arm to do different things. And um, this one's further because it's it, it even re- replaces the elbow in the the design of it. So, you know, like he went around to uh, art, talks about it in this article and others I've I've seen about it, where he went to, went around to DARPA um, and other you know high end um, research labs, saying, "Hey, I would love to beta test wherever you got." And it's neat that you know he he made it to Johns Hopkins uh, Applied Physics Laboratory and got this truly modular prosthetic limb. It's it's pretty intense uh, here, you know, the, just the capabilities of it. And it just makes me wonder how, how much further, since it is a DARPA project, is that going to help, um, you know, vets, whether it be American or around the world, coming back home, they, their lives are shattered along with their bodies. And then you give them, instead of a metal hook, which most insurance thinks is a perfect replacement, as a uh, lost appendage, whether it be accident, what have you, you give them the Rolls Royce, which is something like this, that it's almost like having another hand again, being able to control it with thought instead of, you know, bumping it around, even though some, some of what you see is still cutting edge. It's no thing, totally nothing like this. This, this is truly impressive to me. Uh, and it looks like you've got some more to share with this cursor. What, what do you have? Um, yeah, I mean, I totally, I totally agree with your point. I cannot follow it whatsoever. Um, I've just read the, the, the closing of the article. So it's available to read at gizmodo.com. I think the title was uh, How a Hillbilly Delivery Man um, is Trailblazing Our Cyborg Future. Um, but, but the way he signs off, the writer, is, is great. He says, uh, uh, more than reading any detailed scientific primer, watching a guy serve salad with a carbon fiber arm takes cues from brain from the brain convince me that the future is going to be full of cyborgs <laughs> i love the idea of he didn't think it'd be full of cyborgs but the minute someone serves a salad that's it it's a salad it's got to be done <laughs> we've got to invest in it now guys because we're going to get healthier because there's more salads <laughs> it's just great uh... see that from uh, from journalists a nice little bit of, of of human in there as well sick 
Um, I was uh, talking to someone before about prosthetic limbs when there was some other articles going about it. And they were saying, so obviously there is the market for amputees there, but they also brought up an interesting point as do you guys think people will actually chop off a working arm in order to get a prosthetic one? Their exact reply to it was, um, showed the, the video of the prosthetic being used and they went, did, was this person an amputee or did they get rid of a working arm just mm. to have yeah, I'd have to say that, you know, that's when you go back to further discussion of the transhumanism ethics at that point, saying, where, where do you draw the line uh, as from medicine, what have you, of, you know, ha when is it an upgrade and when is it just medicine curing broken, uh, broken people? And what, what then will, you know, government mandate in the future of, are they going to let you upgrade or are they going to just because it's uh, flesh and bone, are they going to make you stay with it? And, you know, this is definitely, you know, the type of product that you can call night and day compared to, you know, what we were talking about, what's currently on the on the market, whether it be, you know, metal hook, lifelike mannequin hand, or even a 3d printed prosthetic. This is like, making that look like a stone age really. So I don't you know what, what do you what do you guys say? Anything uh left on this or you know since this is our last story of the day, do we have any uh any any final comments on any of the, the stories that we've talked about earlier? Uh no apart from I have a weird craving to get salad, but I don't know if it's worth the risk to the supermarket <laughs> to get it. How about you, Damien? You want some salad? Yeah, I'll have some salad, but um, do we get to see it served up by a carbon fiber arm? <laughs> uh, unless you're willing to cut it off and get this on there, I, I don't think any of us are going to be working that today. There's a um, more yeah, I might get one if I really need it in the future if I'm in a bad accident. So... There you go, guys. That that concludes our first uh, news roundup. Again, obviously, we, we'd love to, to sort of like tailor this to the way that you guys want to hear it as well. I mean, we, we're all in this together, trying to create the community spirit here. So, uh, obviously, we keep uh, posting stuff um, on on our Twitter, uh, so you can follow us on there as, as well as the Facebook group as well. Uh, where it's um, Dangerous Minds Podcast. Um, and again, if you find any stories that you'd like us to uh, to talk about you know, go back and forth, et cetera, or even any comments you'd like us to shout out uh, based, on, based on the um, the news stories you have, please um, post post them up and we'll do our best to, to get through to them. And definitely want to thank you again for listening to us explore further the tech and the people behind it within this fastly growing community of biohacking, grinding, implantable technology today. Now, please feel free to reach out with us with questions, comments. You're welcome to find us at, you know, Dangerous Minds uh, podcast on Twitter. It's actually D Minds podcast uh, is the Twitter handle, or you can just do hashtag Dangerous Minds podcast. We'll see it, uh, or just you know right on the Facebook wall. It, nonetheless, you can find all that information if you just make it easy and go to www.dangerousminds.io, and uh, really you know. 
reach out with us because perhaps we might one day talk to you about the work and the or the projects you're exploring and developing. But until next week, seek the spark. Project won't compile, it'll be alright Computer science for life, and that's my direction Instead of be bowls, my home is throw, etc